from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. I'm Michelle. This is Mark. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Kafifi Day. <laughs> I had to go there right away. I've been holding that in since midnight. <laughs> exactly. I was up like till one o'clock <clears throat> laughing my ass oh, off. There was some funny stuff out, out there. Laughing my ass off. People give him a hard time for such little things. That is such a little thing. Is it? Yes. It's like the resistance is, is trying to pit Nick's nit. Nitpick. Nitpick every little thing he does. So, I mean, it, it was much to do about nothing to me. Yeah, that's true. But the thing about it is, <clears throat> is, his, is his tweets in particular <clears throat> are always much to do about nothing or nothing to do about much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's kind of established himself as the, as the, uh, the pickable. Pickonable. A pickonable yeah. kind of like person. When you put yourself out there like that, to that extent, and calling out everybody else on their shit, um, then guess what? You know, the, the reverse is true. I always like to say things like, if you live by the sword, guess what? You get to die by the sword. You don't get to be famous until you change your mind. <laughs> and then like, okay, everybody stop now. I'm going to go, you know, be not famous for a while. Mm-hmm. It's funny because the, the uh, you're right. He does make much ado about something um especially other people's something and oftentimes he says things that are just like crazy like calling meryl streep a no talent hack (laughs) (laughs) um but this thing last night was just maybe mark maybe you should give a little background okay because this is going to come out later people might not even know what this is well there'll be bands named this in about two months (laughs) when this comes out um so yeah in the middle of last night donald trump tweeted oh what was the whole tweet though because it's so far past it now. Um, he <clears throat> said, what did he say? Something about Where all the it? media attention, despite all the negative media attention. Oh, it wasn't even that many words, was it? <laughs> I don't know. Something along that. It was right here on Facebook. I was just reading it. Mm. Mm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So while, while Mark is queuing up the, to find the details, mm. I will, however, fully admit that I instantly called GoDaddy because they're on my speed too dial. Late. <laughs> I yeah. did. I did. And I was too late. Yeah. And they said, they said, you know, for and here's the thing I learned about domain names, because I park a bunch, and they said, <clears> but I didn't know this. You can actually go ahead and pay them $90 to sort of get in line and have the opportunity to bid yeah. on whatever the person that owns yeah. it ends up selling it yeah. for. And that was kind of crazy, I thought. Yeah, I, was, I was part of the company that actually founded that really mm-hmm. yeah that's it's called snap names oh yeah no yeah, it's yeah. a great it's a great uh concept but something that i was completely uh not not completely familiar with did you find it i didn't because <laughs> because they're talking about everything around it. it now it takes such it takes just a quick second hang on a second all right i'll find it <clears throat> I, I like his Despite new tweet though the new tweet here it, it is here yeah. it is the entire tweet from donald trump last night Despite the constant negative press, Kavfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. Was he high? Well, 
No, he supposedly doesn't do drugs. He doesn't do drugs. Or doesn't do alcohol. No. But, but what's confounding about it is, but it wasn't even, it wasn't even the, a finished complete thought, even if the word had it been spelled right. Correct. That's what's kind of frightening, is he's up at midnight on the shitter with his tiny hands, <laughs> typing a half a thought. And it's like... You know, when one of his assistants comes running into the room and smacks the phone out yeah, of his hand, mid-thought, <laughs> yeah. whatever it is you're about to do, just don't. Don't do it. <laughs> just don't. However, what it is we're about to do, we're going to go ahead with. Uh, we're welcoming today our guests. I'm super excited. I know them. So uh, I'm super excited to welcome my friends to the show today. They are, uh, let me see, they do a little bit of everything. They write, they blog, they're, you know, social media uh, mavens, um, famous. They build tiny houses, they build trailers, they were on TV. I think they kind of cover all the, all the bases in the tiny house movement. Please join me in welcoming Josh and Shelly Engberg to the show of Tiny House Basics. Hello, everybody. Howdy. Hi. <laughs> welcome. Good morning. I feel very welcome. It's good to chat with you again, Michelle. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we were talking a couple of minutes ago. Are you done with breakfast? Because whatever that was, it was very sad. <laughs> it was good. It was good that we went so long. So we gave them time to digest those time burritos. Hammer that down. <laughs> exactly. Well, it takes longer when you're trying to eat quietly. I know. So. <laughs> should, we con- should we continue our banter while you finish your chewing? Finish no, absolutely. Chewing? No, no, no. <laughs> we, we're ready. <laughs> so where are you today? So where are you today? Uh, well, I know you guys travel quite a bit. Where are you today? Are you in the tiny? We yeah. are. Yep, we're at home. And we're, we're pro- in the middle of a big remodel. So... It's kind of a t- construction zone right now. We ripped up all our flooring yesterday. Oh, wow. Oh, that's crazy. I know you guys just redid your siding. It's not like your house is that old. No, I know. We kind of like, <laughs> I think it's because you're in the space. It's a small space and we love it, but you interact with things more often. So you have a desire to kind of switch things up more often. Or you realize what you hate and then you want to like get rid of it. Yeah, like, that's too. Right now. <laughs> I realize, like our floor. Yeah, in my tiny house, I notice things like bugs. And paint that uh-huh. needs to be touched up and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So what part of our beautiful country are you joining us from? Um, we're in the San Francisco Bay Area. Nice. So we're just, we're in the East Bay. So okay. about, um, about an hour from downtown San oh, Francisco. So cheap town. Well, no, uh, there is no, no cheap town in <laughs> no, that area. No. <laughs> Cheap, cheaper. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We live very cheaply, but uh, neighbors don't. <laughs> so uh, start I, again. I'm unfortunately I know your story, and I just got done reading your book, so um, I even know you more than I did before. Um, but tell us a little bit about your um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started into the tiny house movement. Yeah, so in 2014, um, I mean, we're, we're Bay Area natives. I mean, we've lived here since we started dating. And um, I mean, I grew up in the Bay Area. Shelly grew up, you know, in the Bay Area also. Um, and then when we, we had a house, like a small, what was it, 1,500-square-foot house? 1,300-square-foot 13, 13. house, about uh, 40 minutes outside the city. And um, rents are expensive. And as the years went on, the price of rents, you know, always increase and your ability to pay the rent sometimes gets less and less. And, you know, we're, we're working, um, you more know, than full time. Yeah. We were just sick of paying the high cost of living. 
Yeah. Mainly. And so it was either we came to a, a crossroads of do we um, uproot and move, uproot out, and move out of state or do we drastically change the way we're living? And we didn't really know what that drastically changed the way of living was. But um, we did a road trip to our family's cabin in Washington at Mount Rainier. And then nice. it was like a 600 square foot cabin. Mm -hmm. And we were there for our anniversary trip and coming back, we were so like relaxed and refreshed and we were just kind of overwhelmed with still, you know, the high cost of rent and stuff. And, and then all we, the junk we had. Yeah, <laughs> we have a lot all of junk. Stuff we had. Um, and then we came across the documentary Tiny, a story about living small. And that was really it. It was like, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Well, we saw that there was, you know, bigger sizes besides 100 square feet, which is what we thought they were. And so it was like, hey, there's like a, you know, a normal size. And there's even like couples living in it. Like, we could totally do this. So that's what we did. We're like, let's do this. So. From then on, it was history, and we just started selling off our stuff and um, did the TV show and everything. And yeah, and our like our business, Tiny House Basics, came organically from our own process of. I have a big background in metal fabrication, welding. You know, I come from like the um, aeronautical industry, and uh, Shelley with interior design, and so I'm I've built custom trailers before. And so when I set out to get a trailer for our tiny house, I knew exactly what I needed, specs, everything that for to build our 28-foot trailer. And even me knowing the industry and trying to get that trailer made, it was quite difficult. <clears throat> and um, I pretty much talked to most manufacturers on the West Coast um, back in 2014 about building our trailer. And it just became such a struggle. And then a lot of them laughed at us. Yeah, a lot of people laughed and <laughs> wanted to have nothing to do with these houses built on trailers. Um, 2014, right? Then, yeah, 2014. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah nobody even knew what they were yet. Yeah, yeah. And so we um, we found a manufacturer that built our specs for our trailer, and we started building our tiny house. And then during that construction process, that's when it kind of you know uh, came a light bulb. It's like, well, if we knew what we were doing in this process of getting a trailer, how difficult is it for everybody else? And that's kind of what started Tiny House Basics, which we actually had the website and we're blogging before that, but uh, that's kind of what started that process of us building and having our own spec trailers built by manufacturers. Um, and that kind of started it. And so it's, you know, we, we build about uh, just under 300 Tiny House trailers a year. Wow. Um, and we have four locations throughout the U.S. Um, that we build. And so, um, you know, we, we help our customers from the very beginning all the way through them living in a tiny house. And we're kind of that, um, we went through that whole process ourselves. So that's, I think, why a lot of people can relate because we actually built a tiny house on one of our trailers and we document that, you know, through Instagram and our website and our book. <laughs> so, and we actually live in one. So it's like we're, we interact with it and know all the annoyances that can come up of being in a small space and, kind of how to tackle them. So. You know, we guys, we, we have interviewed a lot of builders and you're one of the few tiny house builders who actually live in a tiny house. How did you, <clears throat> so you, you, you got turned on in 2014. How did you go about scaling up to the point where you now have four locations and who's doing all the managing in the, these different locations? Um, well, so tiny house basics is me and Shelly. And every time you know, an email comes in through our website, a quote, we're handling that all. And then we have a good relationship with our factories and 
Um, you know, it's, we're basically, you know, giving them the specs of the trailers and then they're building it for us. But these are also not factories that have just started these, all of our factories have been doing it, building high quality trailers for on average about 30 years. So we, we partnered with people that already, um, are building high quality products. Um, and so, and then we're giving them our specs for our trailers and stuff like that. So we're, we're already in the beginning dealing with really high quality um, manufacturers. So that kind of simplifies that process too. But, you know, I mean, we just know the insides and outs of trailers and, you know, metal fabrication and stuff. And then also the tiny houses too. So I guess it's just kind of like a perfect little marriage, I guess. So it can be stressful at times, but. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, speaking of marriage, uh, go back. Let's go back a little bit further. How did you two meet? Um, we met through some mutual friends that were kind of like in a little band and we were, you know, met when they had put on a show and we had a lot of mutual friends in common. So we dated and for a good two and a half years by the time we got married, like three years, something like that. Yeah. So we got married in 2011. And so we just celebrated our six year anniversary last week. Yeah. So oh, congratulations. Uh, Whole six years. Yeah, whole six years. We're veterans. Half of it has been in a tiny house. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Half of it has been inside our house, our tiny house. So, very cool. So, I remember when I was in my early 20s and buying my first house, and I remember when they did the mortgage calculation. And thinking back, the, the, uh, the premise was well, if you borrow this much money, we know that your mortgage is going to be a big portion of your take home pay, obviously, but you're only. 20 something years old, you're going to get raises, you're going to get promotions. Um, And so that was sort of part of selling the American dream when I was 20, which by the way, was a long time ago. Um, But kind of talking your way into the American dream by, by getting the 20 something year olds to invest um, at that really, really uncomfortable level. Uh, Did you ever go through, I mean, you said you rented a house, I believe, but did you ever go through the traditional mortgage process or what sort of drove you away from We'll call it the traditional American dream. Um, well, I bought a house in 2005, you know, because that was the thing to do, right? I mean, the market was booming. It was just like, you know, in real estate. yeah, I was in real estate. Um, and so I was just like, oh, I should buy a house. Like, oh my gosh, it's $500,000. What a good deal. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to go up so much. I had excellent credit. Um, you know, that's what I should do. And so I did it and it was dumb. Um, but you know, I, I had one of the, um, you know, those awesome mortgages that, you know, doubled in two years mm-hmm. and, and then, and yeah, in two years, my 18, I think it was $1,800 mortgage jumped up to like 3,600. And then I was just like, Oh, I'm out. <laughs> like, you know, I, I lost it in foreclosure. Yeah. And then from that point, I just was kind of like, I was scorned on house ownership, you know, because, the market since the fifties goes up and down and you know, it's just this, it didn't bring any happiness and um, it was just, you're slaving away to pay that high cost of living. And so how are you showing? I'm, I'm like polar opposite on the other. I've never wanted to own property. I've never wanted to be stuck in one spot. So buying a car for me took a really long time because of like commitment. <laughs> so owning a house was just like so off the table. I mean, if I'm in one place for more than a few years, I really start to get antsy. So I've never been through the process, nor have I desired to be, because I just, 
we're still young. I don't want to just be planted in one spot when there's so much to see. So, yeah. So, Shelly, you said you went to a design school um, for interior design, correct? Yeah. So that, that uh, I, I sort of relate that to kind of a high-end hoity-toity clientele. Um, were, you, were you thinking of tiny spaces at the time? No, no, not at all. I mean, even when I was in school, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't end up doing too much with it after schooling. I ended up working for a big utility company and getting stuck in, in that because they paid well and it was nice to be able to pay off school debt. But um, I had planned on doing like commercial interior design or um, yeah, mainly commercial. But when I was working with it, yeah, it is it is a little uh, hoity-toity. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the clientele is interesting. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't at all think about small spaces at the time. I really didn't think about small spaces until we were renting a house that was you know, it was only 1,300 square feet, which is really small to some people, but it just felt so big to us because we just never used the entire space. So, um, yeah, to answer that long-windedly. <laughs> I know we had a house full of our, we had a room that was like twice the size of our house and it was just our office and it had like... Oh, so much stuff in it. Desk, <laughs> you know? So much stuff. So when it came time to design your tiny house for the both of you, Shelly, do you think you had a better or clearer vision or was there any points of conflict when it came to decor or design? Um, hmm. I think, well, we looked at a lot of different, let's see, how do I answer this? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it took a few, t like a few tries to kind of play with the design. Like we looked at different people's designs and kind of general layout. Um, it was definitely a little bit more challenging because we had never been in this small of a space, like there weren't any examples to go like there are now you can't go into anyone's tiny house at that time. So it was definitely challenging thinking. I mean, even still now, that's why we kind of redo things because interacting with the space is completely different than laying it out. So, um, when it came but, so you're designing your tiny house so Shelly let, let's let's back up a minute so when it comes to interior design when for instance when I moved into my tiny house I felt like I was standing inside my own head because I had such a when it was all done because I had such a clear vision of what was going to go in it and how the space was going to be so translating right. that vision however to other people now builders is one thing because they you know, they just talk about the structures and plumb and level and square and they're good. But um, the question really was about how did you, was it easier? Was it difficult to translate your design vision or your decor vision to Josh? And were there any conflicts? Like um, my boyfriend thinks a few of the things that I did were the stupidest thing he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> were there any conflicts associated with the design portion? Um, not, not too much. Josh is pretty open. He's pretty easy as far as design goes. Um, I did know, like, when I we had stumbled across, like, the accordion window, um, we actually saw it on, what was it? It was, like, a it New was, Zealand tiny house. It was house. Living Big in a Tiny House YouTube channel, yeah. and it was, like, a oh. reclaimed earthquake window. Yeah, I don't know if you guys oh. see it. It was, like, he had he'd gotten it for free because there was some sort of earthquake or something that happened there. It, I mean, his window was massive, but I didn't even know that that was even a possibility. So I'm like, oh, let's, let's start looking into this, and... Once I saw that, I knew like we needed to have that and we needed to have a space 
to be able to have people over still, even though it is small. I didn't want to like cut off people from being able to come over. <laughs> so yeah, um, I think it, it was pretty, easier. it was pretty clear. Like once we kind of like got the ball rolling and Josh was really easy to, I mean, there's some things I'm always, I'll have to warm them up too. I'm difficult in <laughs> other aspects of life versus yeah. like this. Your shoe um, collection. But I think we would choose like the accordion window and then we would focus other things around interacting with that. He helps me be more grounded because I think originally I wanted this. I mean, I wanted this massive, like an entire wall of an accordion window. <laughs> and it's just not practical structurally too. But um, so I have these grand ideas and he'll kind of help me scale back a little bit. Yeah, because I think the accordion window led to the deck and then it kind of a lot of things kind of focused around that. And we even changed stuff when the house was framed from the barn. Or we have a, a door to our bathroom. That's our ladder like a barn door ladder. And that came from after the house was framed and we're walking in and we're like, okay, what we thought would make sense. Doesn't make sense. Let's do this instead. And then we're like, I don't think so. We changed how the parapet kind of went up. Oh. So did that answer the question? I, know. <laughs> I think so. We're still big coffee. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I have a question since this is the first um, time that you had, uh, lived started living or thinking about getting into a tiny house mark and i often talk about the difficulty that people face when they when they first make this move in getting rid of the things that they need to get rid of in order to fit in such a tiny space how did you two go about doing that i think that's a that's a good question i think one one thing we did is when we looked at the tiny house where we'd never been in one before we built ours but we it wasn't can we do this we are doing it so we adapted, I think, or, I mean, it, takes, it took a while to adapt to the actual living, but it wasn't like a question of, are we going to just do this for a short period of time? We are going to do it for a good amount of time. Um, but downsizing was definitely a challenge. Yeah, I think we had to do it in a few different passes where it was like, we go through the house and get rid of stuff, and we thought we were good. And then we would quickly realize, like, as the structure was being built, like, oh, God, we have way too much stuff still. Like, it's not going to fit. Um, so it took, like, combing through probably a good three or four times. And I think it takes that process, too, to kind of mentally detach. Because for us, it wasn't even, like, an emotional attachment to stuff. It was more like the value that we had spent on mm -hmm. it. And you're like, oh, I need to get this money back because I already spent this much on it. And then you kind of get to a point where you realize that people don't want to pay you what you, <laughs> you pay for it so, yeah. or even close to it so once we kind of like got you know it, it took a few times to get realistic on just getting rid of stuff you know and even now like we still have to that's a constant struggle still we'll buy stuff we still buy stuff and we have to constantly go through it and get rid of it so and i found that it's easier to give things to people that are friends and family like versus trying to sell it for a fraction of what I get of what I paid for it. I can much easier just give it to somebody that it, we're close to that can use it. Um, and that helps me kind of detach yeah. easier. Cause you know where it went. Yeah. Shared yeah. custody. Are you taking care of my so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What was the, what was the hardest thing that was that you, what was the thing that was the most difficult to give up? I would say my tools, but I still have all. Yeah, you still have all of them. Um, <laughs> you still have all your shoes. We do have a lot of shoes. By the way, Perry, have some. By the way, Perry, everybody gets everybody makes fun of me for my shoes. Mm -hmm. You sh both of them have a shoe fetish. Oh boy! So, 
And we buy shoes all the time. Oh, I buy, I've bought some new shoes recently. It's really sad. <laughs> but see, I have to get rid of some shoes now. <laughs> um, I think the hardest thing for me was like the Chase Lounge couch. Oh, yeah. The Chase Lounge couch was sweet. <laughs> because, you know, we do have a smaller like apartment size sofa. So it's bigger than a love seat, but smaller than like a conventional sofa. And it's still plenty roomy, but I just really love a Chase Lounge. And so, you know, but it wasn't important enough to like sacrifice my kitchen for. So. <laughs> You I'm trying to think, like, I mean, you know, there had to be some stuff that was hard, but I, I don't know. Maybe you should read your book again. Oh, well, I did sell my Mini Cooper, which was a right-hand drive British Mini Cooper that I fully restored. Wow. Beautiful. Was- I mean, tiny, you know, tiny little guy. It would have looked so adorable parked in front of the tidy house. <laughs> but um, that was part of the downsizing process. And that, and you know, funding. that funded a lot of the bill, mm. too. Why- so Why did you have uh, to give up the car? Um. Well... Yeah, you I, have like three other cars. <laughs> I have my my pride and joy car is a 2004 Forerunner that I bought new, and then I built it up, and I we off road and camp a lot, and um, it's really well built up. And um, I realized I didn't need that many hobbies. Like I, you know, the 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 mini was a Sunday driver, but it, we actually drove it all the time. But it still kind of filled that category of a pleasure vehicle, which my Forerunner was totally that. So I didn't need all these like different pleasure vehicles when I was, we, we love camping. We love off-roading. The forerunner was perfect for that. So I realized that the mini was kind of encroaching into that pleasure vehicle category. And so it was just part of one of those parts of downsizing that we, we sold it um, and helped fund a lot of the build, but it also. Yeah. It's definitely like a nice chunk of change. Yeah. It was a nice chunk of change. So. um, But but he also likes restoring, like he likes doing this with vehicles and I think our thought was like there they are still out there and if you wanted to get his hands on another one and take the time to restore it when we had the time he could do that again that's true and get it for a fraction of the price so at the time it was just good to have it funding plus we didn't know where we were gonna end up and um you know we already have three other vehicles yeah (laughs) yeah and also when the car is done you're still kind of like you miss that process of building it and the forerunner will never be done because we constantly four wheel and I break things. So, you know, I always have something to fix. Yeah. So, but the mini was pretty much, it was a hundred percent done and it didn't need anything. Um, so that was hard. Yeah. Now I'm sad. <laughs> Take a little walk down right, memory. Now we're going to go buy a new one. Let's go take a walk down memory lane. So uh, we talked about off-roading and so forth. Um, a lot of uh, tiny house enthusiasts and definitely tiny house occupants they talk about it's not that bad to live in 200 square feet because we're gone all the time. Do you still do a lot of off-roading or camping? And We just got back. Well, our anniversary trip, we kind of did uh, double duty. It's like we, I built a, um, I also had a motorcycle too. I had a Triumph and I sold that and I built up an off-road trailer to bring with a forerunner. And so we went to Mendocino for our anniversary trip and we stayed at a really nice place for several nights. And then after that, we went camping um, in Anderson Valley. And so we did like nice, comfortable, and then we also did some camping. Yeah, we so. did like luxury stay <laughs> slash camping. So. We, we probably should have did l- camping and then luxury stay. Yeah, we did backwards. <laughs> we did backwards. Um, Cheaper to stay during the week for the luxury place. So, yeah. so um, what was the question? Oh, if we traveled? <laughs> if we yeah, do a lot of offering. Yeah, and so like last year, we did a cross-country road trip for our five-year anniversary. And we did 33 states, 
and uh, we drove 10,000 miles. Yeah, we were gone for six weeks. Wow. Yeah. It's, so being doing the living in a tiny house is what's been able was what afforded it. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to afford that, you know, working to pay the rent that we did before. There's just no way we could ever go away for that long and afford to pay the cost, the housing cost out here as well as vacation. So that was definitely a direct benefit of downsizing and simplifying. So yeah, because we could be gone like a week or two, and then we're like, "Oh, rent's due." Okay, let me just you know pay rent. <laughs> oh, but when in the old house, you have to when you're gone on vacation, you have to budget the rent well in advance, well in advance, yeah. and also the cost of your vacation. Yeah. Uh, so now it's like our rent is so our living expenses are so low that we have that freedom to be able to work wherever we are and also vacation however long i mean we were gone six weeks and we didn't plan to be gone six weeks last year um and we look at the tiny house as like our base camp uh, we travel because of our tiny house we don't travel with it you know a lot of people will see us our vacation photos and think that we towed the tiny house there we're like no that's like that's our base camp it stays where it's at but it allows us that freedom to travel because of it um so that's kind of how we look at it. You make reference to your low expenses. What are they? Um, our like utilities or our rents? Is that weird? Like all, everything included? Yeah, all the, all the above. So you went from how much rent to, oh. you, do you own your land or you rent your land? We, we rent, rent our the land. land. So we went from 2,500 with, 2500 with utilities and we're now about 600 with utilities. Yeah. Maybe less. 550 <laughs> yeah. with utilities. Which is very cheap for the Bay Area. So yeah. I know like in some parts of the country, that's probably expensive still, but it's definitely like pennies for what we were paying. Yeah. And we're, yeah, we're basically one fifth the expenses or monthly expenses for living. I would love to go into the gossipy part of the uh, television show, but you're probably not going to let us go there. So Wait, what was that again? I would like to go into the gossipy part of the of the tiny house television show you were on, but you're probably okay. not going to let us go there. But right. uh, yeah, you can go there. You can go there. Yeah, I can still go there. <laughs> so you were on one of the tiny house TV shows. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Which one it was, and then we'll and then I have a couple of questions about your episode. Okay. Um, it was Tiny House Nation. Um, Season, season two, two episode, episode five, something. Yeah. <laughs> the, what was it called? the 224 square feet entertaining abode. Um, that was the episode. Yeah. yeah <laughs> with the loss, it's actually 375. Yeah. They went, <laughs> they used to count the smaller, you know, just the floor level. Now they count the loss. I don't know what they're doing. I think they were trying to make it seem like, well, these people are really, really tiny, you know, that kind of thing. Right. People, yeah. So, I mean, we count with the lofts cause that's usable space to us. So it's 374. With the loss. Yeah. Mm, fake tiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fake tiny. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we got, we got some hate in the beginning. People were like, that's not a tiny house. I'm like, you know what? Tiny house is whatever you want it to be. Like, mm. I'm not, like, I I'm not the different. tiny house police. We were in 1300 square feet and now we're in 375. Yeah, it is tiny. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always say that you get kicked out of the tiny house club if you're at 400 or over. So both of us are uh, pushing the tiny house club. So what, uh, so what, Tell us a little bit about the artificial drama that was in your episode. Oh boy. So um, much. Just kidding. <laughs> the one thing that always comes to mind too is like they, I think there's, you know, the drama, there was no gimmicks in our episode. They tried, you know, and we shot them down and resisted Good for you. all the gimmicks. 
Yeah. Because we're like, they wanted to like make everything convertible. And I'm like, I'm not living in yeah. a convertible house. Like, Didn't I just it? need to be able to walk in and meet <laughs> Didn't it fall off <laughs> the house like, jacks though or something? There was the jacket. Oh, that's what yeah. I was going to go. So yeah, it fell off the, it didn't fall off the jack. What happened is one of the actual crew members of Tiny House Nation shot a nail through the tire and it deflated. And then, um, and then they, then a jack slipped in the back that wasn't even attached to the trailer. So then they tried to say like, oh, it slipped off the jack and blew the tire. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, how would that blow a tire? You know. <laughs> so that was the drama, you know, and uh, yeah, but it was one and of their just, members. Yeah, and even through editing, like there'd be phrases we would say and they'd use it in a different dialogue. And I would be like, hey, I didn't even, I didn't even mean it towards that. You know? Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, or do- they made it, they made it seem like I, I mean, I am like a girly girl and I like to do my hair and makeup, but like I'm, you know, grew up with boys and camping and stuff. So it's like, I'm not that fussy as they portrayed me to be. And so like the whole desk armoire vanity thing, I was just, it was a piece that we had gotten from an old job and I painted and was going to sell it. But they made it seem like I must, I had to have this piece and I was we going to do anything. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, I was free and I painted it, get rid of it. You know? <laughs> so that was another part that they really tried to force me to play up was that I must keep this vanity. So. They're like, can we cut it in half? Like, sure. Yeah. I mean, granted, <laughs> it has, it has worked out good, so I'm, I'm glad. But you know, but it was not like a, it was like a fake kind of, yeah, play up. But the crew is great. I mean, you know, everybody behind the camera scenes, like they're, you know, they're they're running. I mean, they've gotten so busy and running around all over the country now. But the on-site crew, is they are good. they are great. Um, the corporate network is a little difficult. Yeah. Um, but it was a good experience because it expedited the build for us. We didn't desire to be on TV and we still don't desire to be on TV, but the process, even though it was extremely chaotic and we wouldn't do it again, um, it did speed up our build. Granted, we had a lot of fixing to do after the build things were done improperly, um, but it did speed up that timeline. Yeah. Um, But it's definitely quote unquote reality TV, you know. I mean, if you think The Bachelor is real, then, you know, that's the same people that think that Tiny House Nation. Right. It is, I'm glad that you said that the part about having to fix some things afterwards, because 18 days I, on your website, you said that you guys build it in 18 days. And that just seems like a ridiculous schedule, especially if you two were the only people building mm-hmm. it. Tell me some of the things that you had to fix as after this uh, fictional, quote unquote, reality experience. Yeah, well, let's see. Like, the, they're not good with nail guns. No, because they shot a nail through the tire, <laughs> and then they also shot a nail in this in our interior paneling through our plumbing lines. It's because like, there's like a million people like hopping over each other trying to rush this thing, and they're just like shooting nails everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's wow. just like, it's like different reality they're like, show. You know, they're like stormtroopers. They're like shooting, hitting everything. Not supposed to be hit, you know. <laughs> so, um. You know, and then we so, had... Yeah, we had... They shot a nail through one of our plumbing lines, so we had to fix that. Um, the plumbing was not done entirely. Nothing when they worked left. when yeah, the show aired. Yeah, nothing actually worked. It was just a dollhouse. <laughs> it was a dollhouse, yeah. The gas wasn't connected. The AC heater split was, like, not even finished. We were trying to, like, use it. It's and like the a sound stage. Worked. We're like, worked. there's no heat. <laughs> um, the solar system that we got and we paid for, like, the Soul Man Classic was complete junk. Um, the batteries, the batteries like, were are, dead, like yeah. don't work. The thing is just sits out like outside collecting sun, but it can't store anything. Like 
there's a lot of, you know, we couldn't power the house off of that system, even if it was new. Yeah. Um, um, our, our siding, when we pulled it off, had a lot of rock. Yeah. Because they improperly, I don't know what they did. They didn't I don't know. it or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So like our siding, the T111, and it was only two years old and we had, we pulled, we removed it in November and it was all rotted underneath. And because we were replacing it with knotwood, which is an aluminum uh, siding product and it's from Australia, but there's a lot of distributors here. So we basically saved a thousand pounds by replacing the siding, but it was good timing too, because we discovered that the siding was rotten underneath. And we were and just it, getting into like the real, you know, California's first real winter in years. So mm-hmm. it worked out replacing it just in the nick of time. Um, we just pulled off. We've had some other like, Oh yeah, we had like a leaky, like a leaky shower, which we discovered when we just pulled up all the flooring. Um, so improper installation, you know, because like it was basically we had a lot of friends and uh, that were our contractors throughout the build, from electricians to plumbers that were brought on later uh, to framers, roofers, all that stuff. But the chaotic schedule of Tiny House Nation is like they wouldn't communicate to our friends, but our friends still have jobs, you know, and they're helping us out because they're our friends, but they can only wait in the wings for so long and their poor communication didn't allow our friends to be able to fit it in our schedule. Yeah. Basically it took a good week or so longer than they had said it would. So um, our friends that were contractors had to leave after their week that they said they would dedicate their time to. And so they would bring in outside contractors and that's where things started to really go. And people knew there was a TV show. So they tried taking advantage of it. And yeah, Oh, and the deck builder. They the, hired a deck builder, and the deck, deck collapsed two days after airing with, or after filming. With no like, way. Like some family and friends on it. Um, yeah, so it was. It's been an. Inch, it was interesting. Wow. Yeah, you, you guys are bringing back these memories. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we shut them down. <laughs> we buried them way deep, and now they're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll send the therapy bill. You give us the address. We'll send you the therapy bill. <laughs> So you're talking earlier about the accordion window. Um, I'm actually looking at incorporating that into a future design. And I had to explain to someone else what it was as well. So I'm surprised uh, more people aren't, aren't aware of them even still. Yeah. And you know what, Michelle, we are actually, um, a dis- we can actually get that window. People could buy that window through us now. So because it used to be a um, builder only um, so we're, we actually are a distributor or a dealer for the company that manufactures those windows. So in the past month, actually, we've sent, we've shipped about eight accordion windows to different tiny house customers wow. that are building Wow! any builders on the East coast. So yeah, you can get it, um, hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I heard yeah. that already. Actually, I did hear that. Um, uh, so, uh, my friend Therese. Uh, mm-hmm. My friend Therese has been uh, pretty pleased so far with with the the window and the trailer and how everything's kind of progressing on her project. Yeah, yeah, I remember you guys had like coffee or whatever, and she emailed me and told me that. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Which, wait, wait, so. it's definitely the, our favorite feature. Like, if we, you know, in anything, we're like, oh, let's do another something and add the window, you know. So, so what's next cool. for Tiny House Basics? Um, Babies? well, we're happy the book is out. Yes. <laughs> the book is doing very well. Um, we're very proud of it. And uh, we've hit Amazon bestseller. Um, and so now that that big weight is off our shoulders, because we were writing for like six months, 
Um, we actually have, what is our next project? I mean, we got to finish our floors, right? We're sitting in our next project. Right we're, now. <laughs> we're sitting on our plywood floors right now. Um, <laughs> we're going to finish our flooring this week. Um, we have the solar to get up and going. Yeah, we Josh have all our summer. solar equipment and we're going to piece it together and get our solar up and running. That's something we've been behind on. We have grid power, but we want to switch over to solar. Um, so that's the next project. And then the mini tiny house is the next one. Oh, yeah. We have, we're talking about doing a small, just a really small, even like office storage because we do have a lot of paperwork and stuff. So, Well, do you remember, Michelle, at the workshop? I built that trailer for Deke's Relax Shack's workshop. Yep. A little 12 foot one. Yep. Yep. So we're decided we're like, let's make that into like an office tiny house because we have a lot of leftover knotwood siding that's like the same color as our house. So I think we're going to um, make it into another an office. Like, slash, a, like we'll have a um, for slash guest room. Yeah, like slash guest room. Like we'll have a couch that just folds out to a bed. That's not an option in our house right now. But um, oh. yeah, I think that's in. That's a lot in the queue. <laughs> I don't know when we'll get to it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm sad now because I thought I was going to take your extra siding and use it on my my <laughs> new 14 footer. So <laughs> now I'm going to have to go find something else. <laughs> Damn it! So, we'll have the window on that one too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Um, what am I? What are we going to use this siding for? I was like, oh well, I think we have enough for another one. <laughs> so at least, the, at least the face of it. Yeah, at least. The well, thank you very much for joining us this week. Um, we had a really good time catching up with you guys. Well, I did. I had a really good time catching up with you guys. I know our listeners are going to find this conversation not only educational, but also your book as well. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, Mark, do we know who's on next week? Um, we do. It is. Well, we kind of do. It's Byron. Byron. Oh, yeah. Switchgrass. Switchgrass. With Switchgrass. That's not his last name. <laughs> Iron Switchgrass. Grass. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Have a See you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 